But if you found Luke chapter 9, let's stand together if you're able to, and uh, we'll begin reading. We're going to start in verse number 22 and uh, just read down through verse number 27. Luke chapter 9, verse number 22, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. And he said to them all, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it, but whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. For what is a man advantaged if he gain the whole world and lose himself or be cast away? For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his Father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. And I want to come back to verse number 23. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. And I want to preach just a couple thoughts I've had on my heart for several days now on the subject matter of life found by following Christ. Life found by following Christ. Let's have a word of prayer, then you can be seated. Our Father, we sure do love you. Thank you so much for the Word of God. And Lord, I'm thankful that you give us a message to be able to stand and be able to preach this morning. Lord, not just my words, but Lord, I believe with 100%, Lord, this is a message that the Lord has for this hour. Lord, I do pray that you'd help us. May the words that are spoken not be my words, but May they be led by the Holy Spirit of God to be able to do that work in a person's heart that only you can do. Lord, thank you that we don't just have to give an opinion this morning. We don't just have to open up some other book, Lord, to try to make us feel good. Lord, I believe we have the Word of God, and uh, Lord, we can preach from it, and it'll make a difference in people's lives. And Lord, we thank you for it this morning. I have you willing way. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Life found by following Christ. There's a statement that most likely you've heard over the years, and I know I've heard it several times that people would make this statement I'm, I'm trying to find myself, or I'm going to find myself. My boss, when I was a teenager uh, doing concrete foundations up in Maine, he had a paper, and some of you may have seen this, but it was printed up and put on his basement door inside the door there that says, I'm going to find myself. If I should arrive before I get back, then please ask me just to stay until I return. And uh, sometimes we feel like that as we're going through life. It's not just young people or young adults or young couples that will go through this phase of life by saying, I need to find myself. I need to find my identity. That may include finding a different job. It might be in some cases people go on a, a long journey in isolation to be able to find themselves, or sometimes they even experiment with different religions or walks of life in a search for their personal identity. And boy, we hear that term a lot today, don't we? On this term, identity. 
I'm not going to preach so much on the world's philosophy of identity, but I will go ahead and say this, that true life and true identity is only found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I believe that. It's not just a gender identity today that people are struggling with, but I believe that it's, a, it's an identity on, on really who they are. They're trying to conform to everything that's around them. It's their, their social media identity. Wouldn't it be wonderful? And I'm not going to preach too hard on this right now, but uh, wouldn't it be wonderful if every person was actually the person they portrayed on social media? Man, how wonderful this world would be, wouldn't it? Nobody puts out there how wicked and undone they really are. I mean, it's all how great things are. It's how wonderful their life is. Husbands and wives, wouldn't you be thankful if the house always looked like that one picture that they choose to put on social media to be able to say, successful day. Or that one pie out of five years that comes out perfect, and that's the picture that gets put on social media. Life found by following Christ. No matter the search that anybody's on, trying to find themselves, trying to find their identity, trying a hundred different things, and do you know why that the things around this nation and around this world, they, they just have to keep adding additional initials or genders or identity or something to that. Do you know why they just have to keep adding? Because they find out when they get to a certain point, they're still not satisfied. And they're still not fulfilled because true identity, life, is found by following Christ. And here we are in Luke chapter number 9, as we look down through the scriptures here, and Christ, I believe, rightly explains to us on how to find life, how to find and be totally fulfilled. Listen, and I know I'm, I'm not a perfect person, and all God's people said amen, right? And uh, I know I'm not a perfect person, but can I say this? I absolutely love my life. I love what God has me doing. I would not trade it for anything in the world. I love the fact that I can wake up in the morning, spend some time with the Lord. Listen, spend time in the scriptures and spend time in prayer. The Holy Spirit of God speaks to me through his word. And, and I have a wonderful wife, wonderful family, gr greatest church family on the face of the earth. Listen, you say, Pastor, are you saying you don't have any problems? No. We have wheelbarrows full of problems, just like every person that's sitting here has wheelbarrows full of problems. Some of you are saying, I got a tractor trailer truck if you want to be able to come and, and be able to get some of mine. But listen, that's all part of life. But can I say this? I believe I found the true meaning of life. I believe I found what it is to have fulfillment in life. And we see it here as Christ explains it to us in chapter number 9. And I want you to see, first of all, and I just have a couple thoughts that I want to be able to share with us this morning, and uh, because I, I see this struggle constantly uh, with those that we come in contact with. And, and um, listen, it's, it's, it's in our church, it's in families across our nation. Uh, who am I? 
Who, who do I want to be? Who do, who do I, I want to be as, as peace in my life and to be able to find fulfillment? I want you to see, first of all, as he begins here, that there is an identifying with Christ. If we're looking for the true meaning of life, I believe it's found by identifying with Christ. Now, look at this passage of Scripture that, first of all, he goes into the first verse that we read in verse number 22. He said that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be slain and be raised the third day. Now there is a a fundamental truth that is given before this verse of scripture, before the Lord Jesus is explaining his identity and what he must go through and Christ suffering. But look back with me in verse number 18. The, the truth that is given here about Christ. It says, and it came to pass that as he was alone praying, his disciples were with him and asked them saying, and he asked them saying, whom say the people that I am? They answer and said, John the Baptist, and some say Elias, and others say one of the old prophets is risen again. And he said unto them, but whom say ye that I am? Peter answered, said, the Christ of God. And he straightway charged them and command, charged them and commanded them to tell no man that thing. And then he goes into talking about his suffering. And we understand the suffering of Christ. And I'm not going to preach the entire message on the suffering of Christ. But can I remind us that the suffering of Christ, when he says it here, that first he started out by being rejected. And listen, the elders and the chief priests and the scribes, this was Jesus being rejected by the religious crowd of that day. May I remind us that there's a religious crowd that rejected Christ, and I'm not saying I want to be identified and actually be accepted by the whole religious crowd that's around this world today. This religious crowd, and he suffered as a result of them. Then he was crucified. The Bible used the word here, he was slain. Do you understand all that the Lord Jesus Christ went through as he hung there on the cross that day? It started by the rejection. It started by the betrayal of one of those that had walked with him for three and a half years. Judas came up and listen, kissed him on the cheek and turned around, and that was his betrayal of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus was arrested that night. He was put through a a false trial. False witnesses were brought in. You say, what did Jesus do about it? He kept his mouth shut because it was the will of his father. And he said, no one's taken my life but I lay it down willingly. He knew what he was preparing to face. And finally, Pilate came out and said, I find no fault in this man, washed his hands of the matter. The religious crowd took the Lord Jesus Christ and they began to scourge him and to whip him and to spit upon him and to hit him in the face and to be able to pull out the beard. Now listen, there's a lot of men here that have some facial hair. Can you imagine if we were sitting here saying, hey, we want you to know some of what Jesus went through this morning and I call every man that's got facial hair and come up here and we're just going to rip chunks out of your face this morning some of what the Lord Jesus went through. And they spit upon him, blindfolded him, hit him in the face and mocked him and said, go ahead and prophesy who did that to you. Brought him within, I believe, an inch of his life. 
laid open his back and his front and his bowels, and he was unrecognizable, took a crown of thorns and placed them upon his head. Not just placed them there, but pressed them there. Put a reed in his hand, purple robe on him, said, oh, king of the Jews, mocking him, ripped the robe back off his back, spit upon him some more, put a cross on his back and made him carry it up Golgotha's hill to Mount Calvary. He said, this is what the Son of Man has to go through. But you see, there's an identity with Christ. You say, why would a man go through that? Why would someone suffer that way? Noah said it in Sunday school this morning as we are finishing up a a study on eternal security, that we understand that, that once we're sealed by the Holy Spirit of God, we're sealed until the day of redemption. And Noah brought up the point in Sunday school this morning. He said, listen, why would Jesus have to suffer, bleed, and die if we could work for our salvation or work to keep our salvation? You see, Jesus did all of that. You say, that's crazy why he went through that. No, it's not crazy. It's love. And he went through that for each and every one of us to be able to pay our sin debt. That's what Mike was talking about this morning when he read the scriptures in Hebrews chapter number two, that he tasted death for every man. That's what Christ went through. Listen, there's an identifying with Christ. He said Christ must suffer. He was slain. But listen, when they laid his body in the grave, it didn't stay there long. Listen, three days later, he got up and walked out of there. And listen, he's still alive today. The Bible tells us over in Hebrews that he's ascended to heaven and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of God and he's there and ever liveth to make intercession for you and I. You understand every time we pray, listen, I believe the Lord Jesus is looking over at God saying, Peter's praying again. Here's what he's coming before you. He's making intercession. That means he's my go-between. He's my advocate. We have an advocate with the Father. I'm thankful for what the Lord Jesus Christ went through for each and every one of us. Yes, that he was slain, but he was raised from the dead the third day. But then this identifying with Christ, you say, I don't understand what that has to do with my life. He says in verse number 23, if any man will come after me. You know what that means? If if you're going to follow Christ. If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. You say, Pastor, does that mean that I have to be crucified every day just like the Lord Jesus Christ? Listen, I can assure you, if you were crucified one time, you wouldn't be crucified the next day. You say, what's he speaking of here that we need to take up our cross and follow? Now, I understand the cross is used for for decoration all over the place, it seems like, in society today. I'm not against if if you're wearing a cross on a necklace or something. I'm not saying there's anything wrong... But do you understand that's almost the equivalent of carry of wearing a necklace with an electric chair on it? It was actually the mode of torture and punishment and death back here during the Bible times. Now to us the preaching of the cross is the power of God. That's what 1 Corinthians tells us. We rejoice at the cross. We don't look at it out of pain and agony. We remember the sacrifice that the Lord Jesus Christ made for us. But he tells us that life is found in following Christ. And if we're going to identify with Christ, listen, 
we must continually pick up our cross and follow. You say, what's that cross? Does that mean I need to walk around every day carrying a cross? No, but there is going to be an identity of you with Christ on a daily basis. It's not going to be, now listen to me now, it's not going to be this casual Christianity that people would have today. Listen, that they say, I'm going to trust Christ and I'm going to get saved and I'm going to give my life to the Lord for all of eternity, but I don't want the world to know it. I don't want people to know it at work. But I don't want my family to know this. Hey, listen, Caleb got saved a little over a year ago. And at camp, he just said, hey, it's my spiritual birthday. Remember the day that he got saved, my spiritual birthday. I think that's biblical, don't you? John chapter number three says you must be born again. You have a physical birthday. You have a spiritual birthday. Isn't it great to be able to remember when you got saved? Remember when you trusted Christ? It's not a matter of saying, listen, I'm carrying around this cross. I don't want anybody to know it. I don't want to identify with Christ. I don't want my coworkers to know it. I don't want my friends to know it. I don't know. Listen, that's not Christianity. He said daily you're picking up your cross and following. That means there's going to be an identity with Christ. We identify with Christ on a regular basis that he's my savior. I trust Christ. Listen, if you are saved today, there ought to be no doubt whatsoever. There ought not to be any worrying about whether someone knows that you're a Christian or not. In fact, we ought to be to the point of saying, I want everyone to know that I'm a Christian. Why? Because of what Christ has done for us. Oh, no, I I just believe that that's just a private thing. Can I say this? Listen, you don't find that anywhere in the Bible. There is nowhere in the Bible that's like, hey, give your life over to the Lord and then just keep it private. Don't let anybody know. Don't make a word of it. Don't, don't, don't say a word. Hey, listen, don't change a thing. I found out this. You truly get saved. You don't have to change anything. The Holy Spirit of God does. You don't have to run off any of your friends as soon as you start living for God and God starts making a difference in your life and you start identifying with Christ. Them friends seem to hit the road, don't they? Oh, I just want more friends in my life. You'll get more friends of this world if you don't want to live for the Lord. Hey, I heard of some that have been saved over the past couple weeks. I, I was just told, hey, some decided not to go do something else today because they said, we're going to church. You say, is that that really going to make a difference? Sure, it's going to make a difference. It's identifying with Christ. It's taking up our cross, those things in our lives that's going to identify with Christ. Now, can I go ahead and give you this little side note right here before I keep preaching? When he says, take up your cross, it doesn't mean it's going to be a bed of roses because you're living for Christ. Has anybody ever looked at you and said, oh, you're one of them Jesus people? We were talking about that last night or the night before. We were talking about that. Oh, you're one of those believing Jesus. Yes, I am. Sure am. He's my Savior. I identify with Christ. I want Christ in my life. You say, Pastor, that's not going to make you the most popular preacher. That's not going to make you the most popular person in town. Listen, I didn't wake up this morning to be the most popular person in Concord. 
But I did wake up this morning to be able to have a message on my heart to be able to say identifying with Christ is where true happiness and true peace and where true life is found is by identifying with Christ. Take up your cross and follow. Do you understand over in the book of John, we read some of it earlier this morning, the book of John, a few verses before that, he said, listen, my sheep hear my voice and know me and follow me. Do you understand that's just an assumption that Jesus made that if you're saved, you're a child of God, you're going to follow him. Just an assumption. It's just every day, if you're saved, you're a child of God, you're going to follow him. You say, well, I'm I'm not following the Lord. A child of God has a desire to follow him. It's it's really that simple. Well, I I don't have that. What's the Bible saying? My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. If there's not a desire to even follow the Lord, there's something wrong with identifying with Christ. But then we come down here, not just our identifying with Christ, but let's get to the actual life. And I want you to see the investment that we make for a successful life. You say, well, I don't like that word success. Listen, it is used one time in our Bible. One time in our Bible. And listen, it's based upon following the principles of the Word of God. That you live by the principles and follow the Word of God. Listen, you'll find great success. That's what Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says anyway. But the investment now, I want you to see this in our lives because this is 100% opposite of what the world would say this. Look at verse number 24. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. You say, I want a life that I can identify with Christ and the investment that I'm making. Listen, what is a man advantaged? Verse number 25, if he gained the whole world and lose himself or be cast away. Hey, I've got everything that this world has to offer. What advantage is that? If you have everything and gain the whole world, but your own soul is lost and cast away. What gain do you have? You see, the focus of Scripture, as you read through, the focus of Scripture is to get our heart and our eyes and our affections off the things that are just going to pass away one day is to get our mind off the things. Listen, I want the bigger car. I want the biggest house. I want a bigger paycheck. Add another couple zeros on the end of it, okay? we We want all these things and saying, hey, I've succeeded to get the American dream. But listen, there's many that will get the American dream and wake up in eternity and find out that it's an eternal nightmare. I've got the American dream. Hey, listen, People would look at my family. Hey, we, the only thing we, we don't have is the white picket fence. Oh, we got the house. We got one boy, one girl. We're doing fine. Hey, praise the Lord for all. You just need to put a white picket fence out there, and you're living the American dream. Can I say this? Living the American dream is the least of my concerns. but live in the eternal dream. Boy, that's where I want to be at. 
I want to make that investment. Listen, I don't want to save what I can of my life down here. But look what the Bible says. He says, we'll lose his life in verse 24. Not just give your life, life away, but lose his life for my sake. We're talking about identifying with Christ and the investment that we can make. These are the key words here when Jesus says, for my sake. Let me ask you a simple question. Search your heart this morning. Who are you living life for? Well, myself. Wrong answer. If we want a successful, meaningful life, Can I say this? It's not you living life for you. It's not about you living life for me. Can I say, my life isn't even supposed to be, and I love my wife coming up, hey, in a couple weeks, and please keep reminding me, listen, 25 years coming up a week from Tuesday, okay? 25 years, praise the Lord. I told some this week, they were talking about taking a trip. I said, don't be like the guy that said, I took my wife to Jamaica for our 20th anniversary. Someone asked him, said, what'd you do for the 25th? He said, I went back and picked her up. That's not, that's not, <laughs> that's not, that's not how you have a successful marriage. But I, and I try to learn from that. Listen, and, and she's saying, hey, take me to Jamaica, drop me off for five years. But no, nah, that's, listen, a successful life, a successful marriage. It's not all about living for me. Listen, my marriage ought not to be about living for my wife either. But if I'm living for Christ, can I say this? I'm going to have a successful marriage. I'm going to have a successful family. I'm going to have a successful life. Why? Because the Bible speaks of lose your life for Christ. In other words, how can I live my life for the glory of God the Father and that he is exalted in all of my life? Listen, that's where you'll find fulfillment. Some are trying to find fulfillment in this feeling or that feeling or this possession or that possession you're investing in the wrong place. You ought to be investing in Christ. What's it advantaged? Listen, living for Christ is the greatest investment that you can ever make. What have you done this past week that's actually going to last for eternity? Beyond this life, Beyond when we take our last breath, you say, well, I'm one that believes that when I take my last breath, just bury me in the ground and that's over. I die as a dog. And there's, there's no soul. There's no difference that's going to be made. I'm just going to rot in the ground. There is no afterlife. Well, with all due respect, just because you believe that's what's going to happen doesn't mean it's true. I can say I believe I can get up on the top of this building and jump off onto the parking lot and I'm going to be able to fly before I hit the ground. Just because just I believe I can fly doesn't mean it's going to be true. And I'd hate for you to be eternally wrong because you're not willing to trust and place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's some that are searching, and I'm talking saved people that are still focused on the things of this world, and they're saying, how can I find true happiness and and life and be satisfied with where I'm at? Listen, you start living your life for Christ, and it's amazing the difference that'll be made. I challenged our young people this past week as we were up at camp, and I said, I want to challenge you with this. I said, make a commitment. You, you, have, you have battles in your life. I said, you're, you're so up and down. I said, I would challenge you on this. Give it one month. And I'd tell our church this. One month 
of saying, I'm going to read my Bible and pray every day. And I'm not going to miss one service in church for what God has for me. Give it one month of reading your Bible and praying every day. In every church service, what God has for us. You say, Pastor, you believe it's that important? Yes, because you know what God does every church service? Every church service, He has prepared a meal from the Word of God. Now, how many here in your house, you do the cooking? You do the cooking. Brian, put your hand up. Don't put your wife's hand up. (laughs) Nobody else does the cooking. In your house, you do the cooking. How would that be a blessing is if every week you prepare a meal and they never show up to eat it? Now, I'm not talking about me, but what about the Lord? He says, I've got something prepared for you every time you walk inside the church house. The meal's prepared. It's going to be served and you just don't eat it. I would challenge you to take every day. I'm going to read my Bible and pray. I'm going to be in every church service that God has for me. I'm going to be faithful and see where you're at in a, week, in a, in a month. See where you're at. See what the Lord will do in your heart. I wonder, wonder how close you'd be to the Lord. I wonder the power of sin that would be diminished in your life because you're spending time with the Lord. You know what that's doing? It's losing your life and gaining him. You say, I want to live my life for Christ. Listen, life is found by following Christ. I wish many times, I was praying this week on a couple different subject matters and count, I was talking to a couple other pastors and things and I said, you know, one of the hardest things we ever face as a pastor, I said, is knowing we have the answers for someone and, and they won't follow it. It, and it's, it's, not, it's not us, it, it, it's, it's not that we're anything great, but we just, we just go get the answers from the Word of God. And just knowing, hey, if you'll follow this right here, what the Bible says, take up your cross, follow Him, listen, what advantage you gain the whole world, lose your own soul or be cast away, be ashamed to come to the end of your life and have nothing eternal to show for it because you weren't following Christ. Listen, life is found by following Christ. Where are you at this morning on your walk with the Lord? Would you say that daily you're taking up your cross and following Him? Listen, would you say I'm losing my life for His sake? I feel like I'm losing my identity in Christ. That's okay. That's okay because He is our identity. Everything about us ought to be about Jesus. Everything. For what is a man advantaged if he gained the whole world? and lose himself or be cast away. And I thought, there's some sitting here this morning, listen, you need to start your relationship with the Lord. You need to trust Him as your personal Lord and Savior. You need to get salvation settled. But there's some Christians, listen, you're living for your desires. You're living for personal fulfillment. You're you're living for fleshly satisfaction what I want in life. Some are saying this is what I want in church. Well, I I just don't feel it enough in church. It's not about what we feel. And I just wonder, do we just need to be living for the Lord? Do we just need to be following Him? Say, God, listen, I want my identity to be completely wrapped up in You, and I'll find fulfillment. 
Boy, if we had some young people just say, listen, you want to know who I am? I'm a Christian. I'm serving the Lord. I'm all in for Christ. We need some families that will say, you know something? We're in. We're in. We're just following the Lord. We're going to have a Christian family. We're going to be in church. We're going to be reading our Bible. I'll close with this testimony. I just made mention a few minutes ago of a possible judge coming in for our our smoke-off. So Thursday morning, my wife and I, we were able to sit down privately with Vice President Pence and his wife, Karen. And so my burden is, I don't care about popularity of that, the notoriety. I looked at him and I said, I want to know how you're doing. And he said, Pastor, he said, my wife and I have our devotions every morning. He said, we spend time in prayer. And he said, but I'm going to tell you what God's doing in my heart this, this year. He said, I don't know why it took us almost 35 years to, and listen, as soon as I say this, you're going to be saying, I wish it wouldn't have taken me this long. He said, but let me tell you something. He said, I don't know why it took me almost 35 years of marriage, he said, to figure this thing out. He said, but this year we decided and said, why don't we sit down together and read our Bible? And I know some here do that. He said, we got a one-year Bible. And he said, we sit down every morning together and we read the Bible together and then we spend time in prayer together. And he said, do you know what a difference that's making in our marriage? He said, and what a difference that's making in our family? You say, Pastor, are you endorsing? Not a bit. But I thought from one Christian brother to another, I've heard his salvation testimony. He's given it to me personally. I know the man saved at an old-fashioned altar, trusted Christ as his Savior. But from one brother to another, he said, what a difference it made in my life. He said, just by spending time in the Scriptures, spending time in prayer. And I thought, boy, losing our life for his sake. Lord, if you'd allow us to, I want a life that's found by following Christ. And Lord, would you help us this week to lose our life in Christ? Because that's where life will be found.